Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another episode of Thoughts on Films with me, Fikri Jamadi, and with her, Eza Mahmood. Eza! Hey, hello everyone! Hello, Eza. How are you doing today? You alright? Good, good. So far, so good. Life is awesome, and yeah, I'm excited. Lovely. Good to know. Today, I mean, we, we say this for almost every episode, but today really is a special episode because the hope is that we are going to record this and release it in time for Star Wars Day, which is on Monday, the 4th of May. Ezra, before we begin, hey. may, may the 4th may be the with fourth. you. <laughs> hey. Yes, yes, may the 4th be with you too, sir. Yes, the 4th is always with us, uh, one way or another. And today I say it's going to be very special because we are going to be dedicating this episode to discussing Star Wars on a deeper level. In the first part, Ezra and I will be talking about a more personal experience Ezra had in visiting the Star Wars set in Tunisia a number of years ago. And I thought that's, that's going to be interesting because I've not been there. And, and you know, I think it'd be great for us to have an idea of what it's like to be there. And hopefully, Ezra will be able to shed more light on that front. So that will be the first part. In the second half, Muz and I, we are going to be reflecting upon what Ezra will say. And, and also on the future of, of the Star Wars series as a whole. The films, uh, of course, came to an end more recently. We, we were talking about uh, the end of the so-called Star uh, Skywalker saga. And while that is perfectly fine, they have other stories in the pipeline, TV shows, films, and whatnot. And we just wonder what that roadmap might look like, uh, how, how we might feel about that. Are we, is it going to be the same? Is it, is it going to be different? Uh, we're we're going to hash it all out a bit more in the second half of today's episode. But for now, Ezra, you ready? Yes. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, you got to visit the Star Wars set in Tunisia. I, yes, I did. It's, it's a very... <laughs> I know you're a bit of a globe trotter, and on your YouTube channel, you've made a number of videos. In fact, you made a documentary about this particular trip to Tunisia. But for those of us yes. who have not seen the documentary and who do, do not know, if you will, a lot more about you or your trip to Tunisia, can you just explain to us mm-hmm. what was the context of your visit there and, and how basically how you ended up there? Okay, so this is back in 2016. I was in my final semester. It was, I think, around April or May uh, when we already finished our classes and just waiting for our graduation and you know, planning what to do next and whatnot. So I had in mind that I really need to do an internship and I want to do my internship abroad, meaning already in the UK at the time. So, But I still don't want to do my internship in the UK or coming back to Malaysia. So I feel like, where else should I uh, travel next? Because I haven't been to the African continent and I look out uh, uh, and figure out, hey, Tunisia, it'd be interesting. And because I have a friend, a Tunisian friend who mm-hmm. actually spoke to me about Tunisia and I was like, hmm, what is this small little country in North Africa? So I googled and turned out they have a Star Wars location there. And I was like, oh, did you come true? Is this going to happen? Am I going to like try to strive to get to that place and whatnot, so I was, I, I really got excited uh, at the time and I just started googling and researching opportunities and so I <clears throat> found out this, this um, and 
internship a volunteer placement organization called ISEC and I reach I, and I go to their site check out if it, if they have anything in Tunisia and I came across this internship program for two months called Discover Tunisia. Mm. So what happened is that within that two months, uh, a few of our a few of the interns, meaning all of the, uh, the interns, um, so some people will be a blogger like some people will uh, write articles some people will uh, basically compile a book and whatnot so i applied and, and they look out for official photographer and documentarian and the goal of that trip is to come out with a feature length documentary basically documenting the whole trip mm. for, for throughout uh, for two months i was traveling with other interns um with ISEC Cartage in Tunisia. So they bring me to all these places and uh, yeah, one of the highlight of the trip was in the Star Wars location. So um, yeah, that's how I ended up there in Tunisia. That's actually okay, quite so, interesting. Uh, at the end of the trip, I managed to pull up, pull up like managed to produce One Man Crew, the feature length documentary and after four years looking back at the documentary, I feel like oh, there's so much room for improvement and how I've grown as a filmmaker. And so, yeah, that, that's how I ended up in Tunisia. Lovely, lovely. I, I do remember uh, having seen the documentary before. And, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the, always the experience. When you look back on your films, there's always going to be things that, that you realise, alamak, any much I'm, I should have gone for another choice or I, I, I should have done something else that is different. But there's always going to be experiences. It's all part of the learning process. But nevertheless, uh, I, I mean, I, I find it quite interesting. I was just thinking about your answer or your response there just now. Are, are you a big fan of Star Wars? Or are you more like a casual fan or not really all that interested in, in it to begin with before your trip to Tunisia? I mean, what are we looking at here when, when we talk about your interest or your passion or... or um, Activeness, if you will, with regards to the Star Wars <laughs> series. Yes, yeah, so um, I would claim myself as a big fan. I guess I am mm-hmm. qualified to comment that. I think, <laughs> even though uh, I think if you if were to compare to my husband, he knows all the different canon of it, all the games involved with it. I I focus on the uh, six and uh, sorry, the trilogy. So mm-hmm. we have nine films. So those. I, I mostly just watch the film and, uh, yeah, a big fan of the film. The original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and also the Disney <laughs> hmm. trilogy. Okay, so, that's fair. I mean, yeah. to be honest, a lot of my fandom is initially, of course, uh, based on that as well. I, I got into the novels mm-hmm. a lot more, but then the TV mm-hmm. series, the, the Clone Wars and whatnot, it wasn't really mm-hmm. something I got interested in so there's always going to be different aspects of the so-called star wars universe that people will interact with so at least we now we have a better idea of that but and and now we have a better idea of how you got to tunisia the star wars uh, set however is is shot in the middle of the desert and i would imagine that actually getting there is, is probably not going to be as easy as just is it getting on a bus from from the international airport? <laughs> I would imagine that in terms of logistics, no. there are going to be some hours in between you landing in Tunisia and then actually mm-hmm. getting to the Star Wars set. So, so, so let's talk a bit more about that. Um, perhaps for people who might be interested, um, so so that they have mm-hmm. a better idea. 
what was it like trying to get to the set itself once you got to Tunisia? Oh my god, it was the day that I really, really waited for because I was there for two months. And two I think months? To, wow! <laughs> in Tunisia? But not our, yeah, in Tunisia, yes. I was there from the, I think, 26th of June until 29th of August. That's Brilliant. when I took the flight, multi-flight back to Malaysia because uh, I sent over to all the stuff that I had in the UK. Uh, I posted it home and then I went to Tunisia for my internship, missed my creation <laughs> and then came back. So hmm. when I was there for two months, uh, because we we travel all over Tunisia and most of the Star Wars location, there's a few scattered mm-hmm. in south of Tunisia. So it was towards the last part of the trip, meaning like I think almost like the sixth or when when I was there so basically you cannot there's no public transport to the film location and you have to like take tour so I went there by the 4x4 four four mm. because you travel to all the way in the middle of the desert there's no highway whatsoever and the road uh, the road basically created or the path uh, created was since the set was built was built so that's i think that's interesting so i went to two uh, places i would like to highlight two because mm-hmm. <laughs> there are like five or six so i wanted to go to all of them but then you because know, i'm part of the team and i need to just uh, follow the schedule and i really uh, appreciate the fact that they put in um the star wars location of the uh, so after location, mm-hmm. other than the desert, the oasis, and especially, uh, it has brought a lot of Star Wars fans there. Even if, like, in myself, for instance, like, in my team, mm-hmm. I'm the only Star Wars fan that I was, like, jumping all over, not screaming, screaming somehow, <laughs> just happily, um embracing the set so the first one uh is mud mata so mud mata mm-hmm. is uh, the name of the location and it is in the south of tunisia sorry how do you spell uh, mud mata so m-a-t what okay mata. okay right now i'm just <laughs> so, i'm thinking uh, of like the malaysian version of <laughs> macam Somebody who's into bikes would be mud rempit, kan, or something. So, mud mata would be somebody who's really into eyes, I guess. They didn't add mud mata, though. Sorry, that came to mind. I'm sorry, I should not I should not inter- interrupt you. Uh, and I think now you might think differently of mud mata, but still. Um, sorry, Ezra, continue, no, continue. Mat mata, eh? <laughs> the guy with, like, a lot of glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So, Anyways, yeah, uh, yes. Apologies. Yeah, Sorry, uh, you were screaming and uh, shouting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mata has this uh, hotel called Hotel CD Idris or Hotel CD Idris. Mm-hmm. Um. So basically, um, it's okay in Tunisia, in south of Tunisia. There's this uh race called Berber. So mm. the Berber people actually live in um as they will they live it's they kinda like if we call them it 
they will be the troglodytes. Mm. Troglodytes. Okay, I don't know how to say it. Troglodytes. So troglodytes are also known as the cave dwellers. So what happened is that they built their house underground. Right. This is because Indonesian desert is so hot, and um, if it, you would be surprised how just digging for forty to fifty feet inside the uh, ground. Wow. Mostly those are limestones, and the the temperature decreases. It's different. It it's really like like on the ground it'll be like almost forty degrees, and underground it's like an aircon. Like when in when like it's just like when you're in a room with aircon. So, uh, so Mat Mata is the firm location of Star Wars Episode Four, which is the Lars homestead where. Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru mm. uh, lives, and also the first scene of episode four where Luke and uh, there's a scene where uh, episode four, A New Hope, where uh, Luke and uh, with his uncle and auntie. So mm. you can see like he's in this house where it's kind of like underground, yep. so there's like a down shot so that's actually a hotel mm. um was it was there a couple years before the film was shot there but the idea of the housing being underground is already exists in tunisia mm. it's a culture for the berber uh, community so yeah i think george lucas just adapt and 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 yeah yeah the film and create it's like out of this world uh, because i think as a Malaysian, we live in like normal houses like this. So when I was there, it was just like out of this world feeling, like an all all together different planet, and yeah, it's so it's so breathtaking. It's it's indescribable, and so that was also in that set was also in episode two, also the Lars Homestead. So they filmed the first uh, Star Wars film uh, in nineteen seventy six, and then twenty years after they came back to do the prequel. The Phantom Menace, also in the same location. So, right. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's fair. I remember that. I remember reading why, about that. Yeah. Said, yeah. So, so that's the first one, and I think because it's the first film and it's the first thing, so it, it got into my head like, oh, it's such a blessing to be here, and and you know the set is just exactly as it was. There mm. is still like the house, the the they preserve the is it the vaporizer so they preserve the vaporizer and then all the the set was still as it was it's just like now it's like it's just like it's a hotel mm. so people can stay in the hotel and we didn't stay in the hotel we just come and visit and mm. uh yeah okay well, that yeah, sounds I, I very really interesting had the time of my life there okay. i was the only one like crying like weeping <laughs> like, oh, no. we we, we are <laughs> We are going to get to a bit more of that in um, later because I, I will I will want you to actually get deep down into the details, if you will, about how you actually feel and, and, and the emotions and whatnot. But uh, at least for now, just uh, looking at, at the logistics uh, again, what kind of preparations did you do to get there? Because you, you mentioned that the, the, the weather outside, the temperature outside the hotel or above ground at least, we were looking at 40 degrees mm. and, and it's a lot colder yes. beneath. So I, I'm guessing that in terms of clothes or or other kinds of 
cream or, or sunblock like that? I mean, like, certainly you had yeah. some things that you yeah. had to prepare, right? Were, were there anything specific that you had to sort out before you actually get there, you know, in, to ensure that you had a, a more comfortable experience? Uh, I think, yes, definitely a lot of sunblocks, but I think, like, I was <laughs> already too sunburned for, I think the transition between being in the cool country and right into Tunisia also affect my skin. <laughs> but mm. I think... Totally with it. Um, there's no. I think there's no additional preparation. It's it's fairly almost almost the same. I guess. I uh yeah. I remember feeling very cold in the house. I'm like, oh, they don't need an air condition here. Like mm. this is good temperature, and that was in uh, Mat Mata. And mm. there's another one actually. It's called Tozur. T O Z E U. Mm-hmm. This is the one that is like so. My my thought um is a hotel and it's somehow in a residential area. But the one in the middle of the desert is at Tozur. Mm-hmm. Um, Tozur is in the Sahara already. So this is like about thirty kilometer. <coughs> uh, sorry, thirty kilometer north of my uh sorry. Uh. The difference, eh, sorry, the distance between Mat Mata and Tozur is about 30 kilometers. So mm-hmm. after Mat Mata, we travel to Tozur. Uh, it's in the Sahara Desert. So mm-hmm. imagine Tunisia is like a long uh, shape, long, long shape <laughs> state. Mm-hmm. So a uh, uh, country and then at the south of it is Tozur. So it shares the Sahara Desert with Algeria as well as um, Libya, I think. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, yep, yep. So I need to check my geography. So it's in the south. So basically, how uh did we get there is by the four by four, because it's really you need to travel by four by four. You will you know pass all these dunes and somehow I think uh it's part of the adventure uh that come that come together with the tour is that we will. Uh, the driver, the four by four driver, will bring us up and down, up and down with his dune, and you need to make sure you buckle up and yeah, it's, it's that that such sounds experience. That sounds quite uncomfortable, I must say. I mean, I, it's it's not to say that I can think of other alternatives, but it, it sounds like mm. you really, as as we mentioned earlier, you really had to put yourself in the adventure mindset because you are really going out. And into the so-called, um, you know, on the outer reaches of civilization, if you will. So that's, you know, for, for the lack of a better term here, at least, at least off the top of my head right now. So it, it sounds really, really difficult to get to, but I'm sure that, that you will get to the, the appreciation later on. In addition to the, uh, the homestead, um, which, which other sets did you get to visit? Were, were there other sets around the area? Uh, that you managed to kind of just uh, pop by and, and see what's what? Yeah, uh, the one in Tozur, uh, like after the 4x4 ride, you will reach to this, like, a cliff of the sand dune where you can see Moss Isley or Moss Espar. So mm. Moss Isley is in episode 4 also, if you remember the yep, scene yep. where uh, Luke asks Obi-Wan, can I come with you to Alderaan now? I don't have anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then uh, he said, okay, then before that, we have to uh, go to Mos Espa. So, yep. when did Mos Espa is the one, the scene where the, 
iconic scene where Obi Wan just easily ditch, not ditch, like <laughs> to, to, to the stormtrooper. You will not ask for his ID. So, and the stormtrooper said, "I will not ask for his ID." His ID. So that's is in Mos Eisley, Mos Eisley, and also the same uh, film location as Mos Eisley. Mos Eisley is in the prequel series where it was the port racing area and where Anakin and his mother live. Mm. So, it, it basically the uh, I think the uh, the close up or like the the close up scenes happen they they didn't create like the whole village but there's a good number of buildings and uh you can see still the uh, vaporizer over there and there's like a uh, building the houses painted in white and uh and there's a lot of um they actually pre- uh, like prepared some ropes that you can put on and try to jump as if you're a jedi like Really? Like, uh, I see we're Obi Wan. I see we're Padawan. So, <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness, it sounds that, great. Like, the, like when when I reach there, like the gate of the area, uh, it still has it's it was still there. Like the spaceport gate, the port racing area, and the moisture vaporizers, and like it's there. So it was well preserved. Um. When we came there, we were the only um the only team there. So there's about like twelve of us, and also people selling some merchandise and people like selling some very Berber driven um souvenir. Hmm. And so yeah, that was I. It feels it, it's an out of this world because you know before like you can see like from the top how the village look like looks just like in the film. And when you came close to the place, and you, and and you are there, and it's just like, it's like, it's like a different world. I was teleported back to nineteen seventy six, or or in the land far far away. So I was there. Right. And it was, it was <laughs> out of this world. I would say. I'm just I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes, and I'm finding it difficult to do that. <laughs> Not not just it's not because of of your descriptions. It's just that you know I'm just trying to imagine what it must have felt like to have been there. I, I'm just trying to feel that, and it's I just can't you know put that into words. At least not for now. Uh, but but in terms of preservation, um, you mentioned the sets, right? Is it was it well preserved when you were there? Uh, because I yeah I, I've visited some sets as well. Like, um, some some mm. Harry Potter places here, you know, here and there, and it felt like there was a great effort to preserve to make it seem like um, this is a proper place where people can come and visit. Um, is was there like a kind of museum where where you know, or oh, this is where Han sat, <laughs> or this or oh, Harrison Ford, this is where he sat, uh, and then there's there's a little uh, bits or cards of information to say that. You know, do you know what I mean? Macam, it's almost like a, a museum kind of thing. Is, is there anything like that when when you were there? Yes. Absolutely. Especially the one in the Hotel City Idris. There's like a room where you enter the area. It's like a reception area. And there's a lot of postcards, signed autographs, and then behind the scenes photos. And mm. I was just geeking out like, oh, this is insane. Like, they're really 
tell they have step foot there so yeah there's a little bit of that and then like they actually have like the table where i'm not sure whether it's the original one or not but it's there's the this, i remember the area being the table where luke and his uncle and auntie had some food and so mm. you can still dine there so it's such a good experience but you we will not get the blooming by Aunt Peru. <laughs> they didn't serve them. Uh, they should, right? Just create one. They like, should. Uh, they should. But if you go to the Warner should, Brothers uh, studio where mm. the Harry Potter films were shot, I think you can mm. buy butterbeer. Mm. And it's like, I think it's like root beer juga lah sebenarnya. But they, they did it very well and it's, it's a very big hit with the people visiting. So it felt like not mm. not putting or not selling blue milk is is a big miss. Yeah, they they could have done something there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and in and that in Hotel City it is. And in the Tozur area in the Mos Espa, Mos Espa, there's a uh, they they really take care of the buildings, they well kept. Uh, and I think that's I think they need to do so because that's kind of like the people the people who take care of the place also uh that's their income mm. and because it's in the middle of the desert and they sell souvenirs there so they did they, they, they still i i think take care of the place so because it's a uh, heavily uh, one of the most frequented place in the sahara and mm. especially in south of Tunisia. so yeah it's uh, to answer your question yes they do take care of it and, and I, I i didn't feel as if it was uh vandalized or anything it it just as awesome as it looks. Right. Good. I ask that because uh, just reading some reports about this, certainly uh, a particular news mm-hmm. article from DW that talk about how uh, tourism to the country and of course to the Star Wars sets, mm-hmm. they were greatly affected by the Arab Spring in 2011. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of political turmoil around that time. And then there was also uh, a mass killing on the beaches uh, or at least one of the beach, uh, one of the beaches on uh, in Tunisia itself. I think a lot of uh, British people were, were gravely affected by that, and then basically Westerners and and people from other country, the the international tourists, started to have second thoughts about going to Tunisia to to visit the place, of course. So I asked that because uh, reading this, it seemed like uh, they had some trouble with some of the Star Wars film sets and, and they had to kind of make an effort to restore the the sets uh, to, to make it more attractive for, for people to come back to the country. Mm. And also they, they had a lot of sand. Apparently, oh, well, this, this sounds obvious now, but I didn't think about it before I read the article. Desert sand mm. can affect the preservation of the sets. In some places, mm. because of the sandstorms, they... They, they do get covered up in sand and it actually oh, yeah. it requires some effort to, as, as you have uh, greatly described earlier, to kind of preserve mm-hmm. the original architecture, to make it look good and, and all this kind of stuff. So there's a certain cost that goes into this and, and it's directly yeah, affected sure. to or directly related to the number of people who visit the set. So the more people come to the sets and whatnot, of course, they have a, a greater revenue and they use that revenue to mm-hmm. better preserve it. So I, I asked yes. this because uh, this is an article that I was reading. So that's good. It's good to know that it's in good hands, that people mm-hmm. are really making an effort to, to preserve it. 
and and do do I think do it justice, if you will, to the, the original vision. Um, I also came across another article from the South China Morning Post uh, and a quote from uh, Lorenzo Brestiani, uh, mm-hmm. professional tennis player from Italy who visited the hotel, Hotel C.D. Driss, oh. uh, that, that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. It looks just like the film. When you see it on the film, you say, okay, but when you are here, it has another effect. And I'm just yeah. now wondering, like, you, you, you got into it earlier, but I'm just like wondering now, talk to us about that. What was the effect? I mean, how, how did you feel? Was it something that, that hit you immediately when you see it? Or is it something that, that grows the longer you are there? I mean, what, what are we looking at here? Can you paint us a picture of how you felt when you first got there? It's really indescribable. It's indescribable. Indescribable. <laughs> uh, it's. I. I remember feeling a lot every time because um when we walked down into the hotel, it was just like a. It was kind of like. I feel like there's uh, uh like life living, and it feels like a complete a complete some. Life to be able to sit there. I remember uh, holding one of the other interns and uh, Virginia, and she was like, "Oh, this is what you want." Because I remember just boasting, not boasting. I I remember just telling everyone, "Oh, I'm so excited to be here because I'm a Star Wars fan." <laughs> so and she reminded me like, "Oh, this is what you want. This is what you've been told, telling us for the past uh, weeks." So <laughs> I walked into the hotel and I was right in the middle. Of the uh, uh the hotel where where the main uh, lounge area was, and I just cried. I cried like <laughs> I remember crying so hard, like someone need to calm down. Cause really? I initially I didn't thought that I would. Uh, I really I I remember feeling like oh okay I'm blessed to be here, but when I was there, it was just a total different thing. Like I was really. Um, uh, like it, it's a dream come true. It's a checkbox. It's thick. It's something that I will tell my grandchildren. <laughs> you have to and what this stuff was from because I was there. Um, it just uh, I remember documenting. I think I can try and I calm down and then I feel myself just happy, like enjoying the place. Uh, in my documentary, so that was one. And the second one is, was in uh, hotel situation, especially in Tozur, the other from uh, the other side where you have to go into the desert. It was just like from afar you can see like the set settlement. It's like there's Jedi over there. There's drones. Mm. I already, I already mean. I mean, like, it's out of this world feeling. And then when I was there, I cried some more because I'm so happy. Like, I I feel like I'm in the movie. Like, I feel like I I have claimed myself. Uh, sorry, I, I have claimed myself as a Star Wars fan who visited the set, the original trilogy in the set. And they just flew mine over there. And I, 
I was, yeah, I, I really had a point where I just I stop for a and just think, like, and breathe and just feel what I'm feeling. Uh, mm. So that was what it, it really, really brought me into, like, a different, different dimension for a while. So I was like, I mean, the Star Wars film. <laughs> 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 somewhere i because it was much um one of those fold out uh cards so you have like, like different a flyer, like a yeah no but it's it's really really unique and special and it's really cool <laughs> and i really really liked it and so i still have it somewhere um <laughs> indonesia ke malaysia so, i can't yeah. remember now but but still um yeah i think for for the benefit of our listeners I also need to point out how earlier today, before we started recording this, you sent a picture <laughs> or a number of pictures <laughs> and then you put the hashtag teaser for the episode that we're about to record today. And I just I just mentioned, I just told Moose that ini memang kurang ajar ni memang. It's just, it's really rubbing it in our faces. <laughs> um, and then I thought that, well, kalau, kalau ini memang kurang ajar, actually it's kind of my fault because I'm your former lecturer. So I have not done enough to teach you. I should have ajar you uh, a bit more so that you are, you know, more ajar, I guess. <laughs> But still, um, you're right. No, when when you talk to people about this, it, it, yeah, that's the effect that you have on on some of the people that I know. Do other people, much um, you know, you tell you tell them. In, of course, in the right context. I don't imagine you suddenly just randomly introducing yourself to strangers. Hi, I went to the Star Wars sets in Tunisia. But you meet another person, another friend, another classmate, or, or a colleague who is a Star Wars fan. And they start talking about it. It's like, oh yeah, I, I went to Tunisia. I mean, what what's the reaction to that like usually? Yeah, usually that's always the case when like someone talks about Star Wars or share like a Star Wars um paraphernalia or like I see like a stormtrooper sticker on the desk or whatnot because I have a few colleagues that really into Star Wars as well, and it's a good icebreaker, mm. uh, definitely, and and it and it gets us uh, closer. And yeah, they usually like oh bestnya dapat pergi. So I feel like macam I kind of help to promote Tunisia as well uh, as a location, <laughs> yeah. as a tourist location. But I think 
discovery uh, to be able to learn about this country more. Uh, it started with just Star Wars fandom. I wanted to be there, but I learned so much about the culture, about uh, the language. They speak French. They speak Arabic. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because they were colonized by the French. Yes, that's good. But oh, Ezra, it's just it's just <laughs> lovely because I've 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 wanted to talk to you about this for a while. I mean, we you brought it up before, but even from before mm-hmm. that, I felt I just mm-hmm. I've not I'm not really sat down, and I've not really talked to you about this. Even though I knew mm. that that you went to Tunisia and and that you made the documentary and that I have seen the documentary, so to be able to sit down and have a chat with you about this, I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing with us your experience, your thoughts, your feelings uh, about your time uh, on the Star Wars uh, sets in Tunisia. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a, such a pleasure to look back and, uh, yeah, and really experience it again and talk about it. And it's it's different telling a story about Tunisia uh, and the Star Wars location to a non-Star Wars fan. <laughs> I feel like I get overexcited sometimes telling about it. So yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a pleasure to tell to you about it and yeah. Well, it's it's lovely to hear about it, absolutely. So, but for now, Eza, thank you very much. In the second half, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be returning with our good brother Muz, who is in India, of course. Uh, unfortunately, we have to re- record these parts of the same episode separately due to the time difference. But no matter, we mm. will get to that a lot sooner rather than later. That's all. Uh, thank you very much, Eza. Uh, say goodbye, Eza. Wash your hands and and of course may the fourth be with you. <laughs> may the fourth be with you. fails to give me the feels right ladies and gentlemen we're back for the second half of today's episode where we are going to be having a chat with our good brother Muz. hello brother Muz. hey man uh, hello everyone what's good uh, Muz, you had to listen to that uh, any thoughts and feelings uh is does it make you feel happy for Ezra or do you hate her or <laughs> what are we looking at here, brother? Well, then those who went to uh, the trip before us. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm happy for her. Yeah, it's good that uh, you know everyone can actually have the opportunity to to visit that 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 that, that, that place, right? And I didn't even know that actually uh, that that set still. Uh, yeah, I know it's actually it's a, an actual place. Uh, mm. It's a it's a it's a hotel or or inn or something. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's one once in a lifetime opportunity for him, for not only for Star Wars fan. I think 
in general that 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 hotel is quite unique on its own. So even with you, if you're not a Star Wars fan, uh, it's really a remarkable experience to you know, to visit that place. Yeah. So I'm looking for you know. As for me, I don't know. I mean, uh, would I? Would, is it something that I putting on my bucket list uh, to visit? No, not really. Uh, just uh, you know, if I have the budget to go, yeah. You know, who, who doesn't want to go there? But it's not really something that I uh, want to go because mm. <laughs> it's a bit of a desert, and heat is something that is not really. Uh, I enjoy it, you know, and you know even you know, and uh, to a certain extent, you know, if Anakin Skywalker doesn't like that place, you know, what can I say, right? Maybe we need to point out the obvious that you are not Anakin Skywalker, so. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> and I'm not saying that you're worse. You might do a lot better because you've been in India for the past number of years. I think that's kind uh, of good right. training for 40 degrees uh, heat uh, outside in the yeah, desert somewhere. So <laughs> I, think, I, I think I had enough of this heat, man. I, I think I had enough of place with soaring heat, you know. So I hmm. hope my next posting I can get some place with four seasons. Uh, you know, for, uh, uh, as, a, as a favor for me to deal with this kind of ridiculous heat. For years. Uh, so, yeah. Right. So, yeah. the next time we record the episode, we should expect to hear from you in uh, Japan, maybe? <laughs> uh, 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 I mean, you know. <laughs> so I hope so. Uh, I don't think that doesn't have storage heat. I understand heat, but not throughout the year. Yeah. Understood. Understood. I mean, yeah. the, the, the monotony can get to the best of us. But nevertheless, uh, we are going to move forward with uh, the episode where hopefully we'll have a, a more I guess you could say uh, insightful discussion about um, the future of the Star Wars uh, franchise and, and how that could affect us uh, I mean uh, as, as much as Eza's trip to, to Tunisia was a good one that was also something from the past and now we are at the stage I would say kind of on a precipice of moving forward uh, into the unknown for the Star Wars series as a whole. Now, I know that we've touched on this before when we were talking about uh, our review of The Rise of Skywalker, uh, the last of the so-called Skywalker saga films. Um, just just to kind of uh, briefly keep the listeners in the loop, uh, simply put, we're looking at uh, a lot of uh, series, a lot of television shows being in, in production, particularly for the Disney Plus app. And, and the streaming service. We have, for instance, the Obi-Wan series, uh, the, the much vaunted and long gestating series. Uh, apparently, it's supposed to be set between episodes three and four. So we're looking at After Revenge of the Sith and Before A New Hope. That is still in pre-production. Uh, I, I think COVID-19 has uh, created a delay for that production as well. Uh, and then from the Rogue One film, the characters K2SO and Cassian Andor, they are also due their own series. This, I don't know, maybe a lot further behind because we don't even really have a title for this. I'm guessing they probably have 
uh, again, some work done on this, but we're, we're still at the pre-production stage. Uh, the, the only thing uh, in terms of TV series that has been produced that seems like it's, it's going to be the standard bearer for uh, the next couple of years, at least, would be The Mandalorian. Uh, that one is uh, obviously, I mean, there's this plenty going for that. There's a lot of momentum and a lot of enthusiasm uh, created for that show, even as we're talking about it right now. We also have The Clone Wars, the animated series, which is uh, also available on Disney Plus now. Uh, but that is entering, it, the, I mean, the current season is already the last season of that. So in terms of series, they have a number of stuff on board. With regards to films, uh, we have we are supposed to have a number of films, a so-called new trilogy, a non-Skywalker trilogy, uh, return in 2022. I, to be honest, I don't know. These kind of films take some kind of uh, a, a long time to prepare for and to lead up to, to make and to, to promote and all this kind of stuff. So I'm not so sure. I think, again, there might be some delays uh, due to the global pandemic we're currently stuck in right now. But the, the, the key quote I kind of want to refer to right now is a quote by Bob Iger, the chairman and chief executive of Walt Disney Company, who I believe in February basically revealed that the priority in the next few years is television. So I think, I guess my next question to Moose is how how do you feel about that Moose Star Wars the series uh, the, the the franchise or the, the story the saga as a whole a lot more of this is going to be invested more in in television forms of storytelling thoughts so I think uh, we have entered this new phase of uh, uh, entertainment uh, in a cinematic experience uh, where Television now is the new normal. Uh, high level productions of content. Uh, <clears throat> uh, who have thought that uh, back then that Star Wars going to be, you know, live action Star Wars going to be available in uh, the television's uh, platform? But I think that, that that's new normal now. You know, in, uh, uh, I think it doesn't change the the whole uh, experience uh, of watching a Star Wars movie. And uh, now that, you know, there are a lot of factors now affecting uh, people, uh, people consideration of going to the cinema, you know, to public place, to enjoy this kind of uh, entertainment due to this uh, uh, pandemic. It's going to take time for people to have that trust and faith to go back and watch movies and cinema. So I think for the next what, five, two, three, five years, uh, television is going to be the new normal for cinematic experience. Mm. Considering now television is also, you know, the, 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 the technology of television is getting more and more advanced where you have the, the, the surround sound, 4K and uh, it's more accessible to the mass, you know, to the mass, uh, to the masses right now. So you can actually emulate that cinematic experience in the comfort of your own home. So 
I kind of understand where uh, Bob Iger uh, statements coming from because I think they already see the future of entertainment, which is television. And that is also why I think Disney Plus come into the picture. I think it's, a, it, it, it's something is of a long term uh, uh, plan for Disney. Yes. And they know that uh, they already experiment with Rogue uh, One to gauge the audience on content that does not actually directly relates to the Skywalker arc and it works. So now they have all these uh, IPs that they can uh, turn into a, a profit and they want to milk it. Mm. And I'll be one just one of it. And, you know, the, and, this, you know, and for me, to, to tell the story, uh, the adventure of uh, uh, iconic uh, uh, cinema character like uh, Obi-Wan, you know, so cannot just fit it in what, like uh, two or three hours uh, movie. You know, it needs to be a series and uh, and considering Disney have the financial means mm. to execute a very high level productions. I, I, I think this is something that's going to be a selling point for people to subscribe to Disney Plus. So yeah, I think, uh, and I, 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 for me, platform is never an issue for me. It's just a content uh, that uh, for me, content is much more important to me. Right, certainly yeah, so quality yeah. content. I, uh, sorry, brother, you you about to continue? No, no, no. I think that that is like wrap uh, my opinion on, on on that part. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't disagree. Certainly quality content is always going to be something that a lot of people will come back for over and over again. And just just stepping outside the Disney bubble for a bit, the Star Wars bubble for a bit as well. We, we have seen how a lot of other shows like Game of Thrones and Stranger Things, for instance, become incredibly popular, incredibly noteworthy, at least in terms of popular culture. So people talk about these shows in in a way that is very very engaging very interesting to see because prior to this a lot of television shows tend to have a very uh, i guess you could say fixed feel to it so when we're talking about television shows prior to this so-called era of peak tv we're talking about shows like sitcoms big bang theory how i met your mother and whatnot and that can be very uh, i guess you could say uh, effective as well creating its own fan bases and such. But then you have other shows like Game of Thrones, for instance, is, is there one example that I keep coming back to. That's a whole other level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it gets right up there in terms of fan engagement, in terms of pop culture engagement and interaction. And even people who are not into the show, they become interested in it because of, of the passion that it ignites in quite a lot of people. So I feel that when it comes to that kind of stuff, quality content, you're absolutely right. I mean, people will always come back for that over and over again. Um, I would say that what you mentioned earlier about Disney seeing the future, uh, I would suggest that perhaps Disney have seen what Netflix have seen all this while. <laughs> so, so I guess they're, they're like, they're actually a bit late getting on board. Do you know what I mean? I mean, relative to a lot of the other people who have um, yeah. um, 
created their own platforms and, and created their own shows on these platforms and whatnot. Uh, is is they they really took their time? I I mean they they can probably afford to because they're Disney, right? So they can do whatever the hell they want. But the fact is that they they really wait for the for the landscape to mature to kind of figure out the what what they can do best, learn from the mistakes of others, uh, perhaps even. So so I feel that. I, I don't know if, if it's something that works for them. It works for them. So, uh, but I don't know about them seeing this as the future. Uh, at least not first, lah. But, but you, you're absolutely right that, that for now and for the foreseeable future, uh, the streamers, that's where the uh, quality content is going to be at. Actually, you know, I think it's a calculated move by Disney. You know, it's not like they, you know, uh, have, you know, it's not like they're very conservative. You know, they. It's not like the board members is filled by old people who just want to play with and see. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's kind of uh, bringing, you know, uh, iconic IPs into the, uh, like, you know, going to televisions with their, uh, you know, high-selling IPs. It's not something, uh, you know, it's something that they, they, they actually, they, they, in certain, to certain extent, they this, uh, well-known IP, well-known cinematic IP, going to TV is not something new. You know, if mm. you remember back in what eighties, nineties, there used to be this show called uh, The Young Indiana Jones. That was like a two yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I mean, I I, I love the show. Even right? <clears throat> when I was a kid, mm. uh, but not many people actually like uh, turns out you know back then. Uh, it was a flop because mm. uh, not because it was boring. Yeah, to, 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 in a way, it, it was quite boring to the mass audience. For me, when I rewatched again, when I, I think it was uh, temporarily available. Some some people put it on YouTube so I can I could watch the whole uh, things again. And then they, you know, some people reported. Anyway, uh, what my point is when I rewatched it again as a an adult. Mm. It was quite advanced, you know, the content that they presented, you know, it was uh, the executive produced by, of course, uh, by Josh Lucas mm-hmm. and Spielberg. And they are actually, you know, uh, uh, you know, for PG-13 type of uh, TV series, you know, they are actually incorporating a lot of uh, uh, heavy subject matters in the... Mm. In the, in the TV series, you know, there, there is one episode about religion and uh, racism. So, do, so people, you know, I think it's flopped because people expect that, you know, in the majority, people want to see Boulder coming rolling in and, you know, finding, uh, you know, swashbuckling adventure, but it turns out that it, uh, you know, it, it kept. You know, in telling the story, a very detailed story of how Indiana Jones became Indiana Jones, you know, how he was involved in World War One, World War Two. So this was that one. Mm. I think if that kind of idea uh, being presented now, you know, where the uh, TV watching culture has evolved, uh, so you know, uh, it, it, it has evolved uh, to where people actually appreciate. Uh, intellectual content, you know, mm. it, I, I guess it, it works now. So, going back to Disney, I think Disney knows this, you know, they just play uh, 
really calculated move by this game. I do want to see whether it really works or not. Yep. Because uh, yeah, it, 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 the, the thing about you know, you know, uh, making a cash cow of your uh, important IPs like Star Wars and all that, you know, once you screw it up, it's hard to bounce back. You remember what happened to Han Solo standalone movie that was movie flop and. I think nobody going to watch any movie, a sequel or standalone remake of the movie uh, again because once you screwed up, you really screwed up. So that's why I think Disney really uh, take their time to actually uh, to produce uh, a very content for their piece because they are Disney, they control everything, even up to the merchandising and what. So. That's why I think um, they know what they're doing, actually. And right. they know they have the money to uh, to do it. So, yeah. Right. With regards so, to the yeah. solo film, um, the, the thing, and, and this kind of leads on to the next question as well. I think on, on the point of solo, for instance, right, you actually make a good point. The film did not do so well, but at least in terms of the box office takings. For me, however, I think we have to contextualize it in a way that is slightly different because it came out very soon after another Star Wars film, The Last Jedi. And I think that was probably the only example of a Star Wars film that came out within, what, six months, seven months of each other? I think that that was quite soon because usually between the different Star Wars films, um, even in the so-called Disney era of the of the Star Wars uh, films, we have a gap of about a year or so. Do you, do you know what I mean? So there is yeah. that that um, gap that allows for some kind of build-up. And that kind of leads me to this point that I want to make here because if I think of the Star Wars series as a whole, I'm thinking of something that's very cinematic. You say Star Wars, I think the cinematic experience. You go to the theater, you watch his films and whatnot. And I'm not trying to say that television shows like The Mandalorian are lesser. But for me, at least, it is still different. And I just wonder what your thoughts are on this, whether focusing on the series could actually dilute the experience further. Wouldn't it just be better? You can have the TV series, um, but not not let that be the basic foundation for Star Wars to move forward as a whole. You can have your shows, but the foundation should still be a cinematic one. What what, what do you think? For me, I think for many, actually, Star Wars is always... And uh, forever will be a cinematic experience. Uh, yes, a movie that you know uh, relates to cinematic experience. You know, which is which is Star Wars. It's not just go and watch Star Wars. You know, the, the build up start when the trailer came out and the excitement from your home going to uh, waiting for the deadline. Mm. You know, and queuing up uh, outside the cinema. So those, <laughs> uh, all those I know the feeling. Actually, 
it's part of the culture. It's part, I think Star Wars actually started all this uh, cinematic, uh, you know, uh, movie watching culture where people get excited to go to the cinema and watch movie. I think Star Wars is the first one. Might be you know, the the one the, 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 that movie that actually started this whole popcorn going to the cinema culture movies. Mm. So uh, yes, of course. I think even Disney, even before even. I think even Lucas Pillar will not take the equation out and move the whole franchise into televisions. There always be one that 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 one uh, uh, that that center folk, you know, that that that, pri- that that primary movie that always will be in cinema. Hmm. Uh, and because you know Star Wars has created this huge. Universe, I think much bigger than Marvel's universe, where for when it first established back like what more forty years ago, So you see a lot of uh, fillers in between movies that uh, always keep that momentum going. You know, back then you have comic books uh, mm-hmm. that uh, that you know is accepted as. Uh, Official canon of that movie, yep, and yep. then uh, once, uh, and then uh, you have the sequels coming out, and then even before that, you have the like animated series Ewoks, uh, so on and so forth, and then the one uh, after school specials that part of the uh, Star Wars uh, universe that not, not not many people actually remember, but I do remember because I used to watch it. I can't remember what. The name of that movie, but it revolved around Ewoks, if I can recall. But anyway, they also feel they actually build up, they always feed this Star Wars uh, mania. It's just that when now that we are entering the digital age and the access to content uh, is much more expand, mm. uh, the, the, the challenge is to keep, uh, to, to keep updated. You know, to keep to be updated. You know, you cannot just be, uh, you know, just start within your own world. You know, so I think that's why uh, this is something I believe uh, Lucas Filler or Josh Lucas Filler because uh, I uh, I'm not interested. He's not interested to move to that kind of uh, 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 trend. I think he tried a few times with TV series back in the older days, a Christmas special and all that. And <laughs> nah, so, I think I, uh, you don't mention that to him. I think, I think if I'm not if I'm not wrong in saying so, he 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 tried to just like completely, totally, utterly disown it and and burn all the different tapes of it yeah. that that people would would have and whatnot. Of course, don't take that literally, but you get the idea, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I think. Uh, you know, all this failure in, uh, you know, uh, in, in going, you know, uh, of producing uh, television series out of his, uh, you know, uh, creative ideas. And all these, uh, turn out to be a failure, even, you know, Young Indiana Jones Chronicle, which is part of his idea as well. Mm. I think, he, you know, it was quite a traumatic experience for him to, to, to go into that again. And now that you know, once uh, that that just been transferred to Disney, 
uh, and they have a whole table really experienced know what they're doing mm. with TV platform and uh, timely also it's a very timely as well the streaming services come into the picture so they just put all you know they just connect the dots uh, and uh, yeah the thing is about Star Wars you know it's it's a franchise and this is the this is the the franchise that actually uh, fueled by uh, French interaction they make a lot of money out of merchandising so they need to keep that going so while we're doing it just keep creating content for existing fans and the new fans because Star Wars is already part of the uh, pop culture, you know, the modern culture of uh, modern entertainment culture. So, whether if whether you are into Star Wars or not into Star Wars, people you will be interested in it. So, if there is a, a new content that relates to Star Wars coming up, people are going to check it out, right? So, yeah, I think about the challenge with, I think it's right now the the. the for Disney, at least, it is much more easier to come up with a TV series because you can actually develop the storyline, the characters, and whatnot. Uh, like Mandalorian. If Mandalorian is a standalone movie for cinema, it's going to be a flop. Because oh, I don't actually... know. I, 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 I honestly don't know. It's actually... I mean, I've checked out a number of episodes. It's pretty good. I... But but it's good because he has the the hours to develop the characters and whatnot. So I, I like it. Yes. But but putting that aside, I feel, I don't know whether I can automatically say that if it's a standalone film, it's gonna flop. I there's there's a lot of stuff to to work with there. It's it's actually quite good. For me, you see, um, I think I'm speaking. I'm making comparison with Solo. See, Cassian Solo. What do you, what do you compare it to? Rogue <laughs> One. Rogue One was actually quite alright. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in terms of yeah, box office, yeah. let's, you know, <laughs> let's compare it no, to that. I, I mean, uh, yeah, let me put this way, okay? Cassian Zolo. What was the name of that guy? Uh, Al- Alden Ehrenreich, I think, right? The, the guy played. I mean, yeah, you know? <laughs> a newcomer, actually. Yeah. yeah. But the part I'm trying to make is uh, if you watch the Pedalria, that guy. We have mass ninety percent of the whole season. Mm, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Pedro Pascal. And his line is like what you know, two pages. <laughs> How can actually develop characters? You know, to make audience invested in these characters in the three hours movies, it would not be possible. Mm. Even with established character as Solo, people, even many actually criticize that movie for the lack of development. Well, yes, if, you know, Mandalorian back into the uh, silver screen, it would not work. So, but it works in a TV series because you have eight episodes to build up that character, make mm. people invested in the characters and the storyline as well. Mm. So, I think this is the challenge that I think, you know, Disney have to face right now because the audience, the fans, are now have involved. This is not the kind of audience that was Star Wars like 40 years ago. Now people want to see character development. People to, you know, you know, they don't want to see all these uh, shoe, you know, 
just make the lead story anymore. You have to be, you know, you have to be politically correct. You need to be inclusive. So people want, you know, the modern audience want to have all these elements to be, you know, to be presented in Star Wars. Mm. And and it's and it's not easy to tell a story. Uh, to, 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 to tell that kind of story in uh, three hours movies or uh, in a, in a, a trilogy of a three movies. It's not easy. That's why I think Rise of Skywalker failed. For me, you know, I think if I say failure, yeah, I know it's a heavy word, but I think it resonates with many people because to, to be, you know, to, to, to be honest with you, I don't really care about Ray character. Because there's not much challenges she's the character presented. Mm. So yeah. So I think that is the challenge now. You know, how you want to create a new Star Wars movie post Skywalker story arc that can please everyone. Yeah, right. Before I segue into a, a discussion about the Skywalkers, just very briefly, uh, then that will be the last question for today's episode. I just want to point out that a lot of these behind the scenes that they have a history of troubles and directorial changes and whatnot. So there's, I mean, we, we kind of need to contextualize that as well. So films like Solo and, and Rise of Skywalker and whatnot, these are the kind of contexts we have to bear in mind as well. Ladies and gentlemen, but I guess the, those are the kind of information that you guys can find elsewhere. But coming back to the point of the Skywalkers and coming to the end of the episode for today, it's likely that future endeavors will not focus on them, on, on the Skywalker saga and, and characters connected to them, which I don't know. Um, is this a good or a bad thing, brother? Because I feel that I really like Star Wars. But a lot of the Star Wars that I like is almost always connected to a Skywalker thing. D- does that kind of make sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, Star Wars so, is so, about Star Wars. So, Star Wars about the Sky. Actually, Star Wars is a movie about Skywalker. It's a family yeah. drama. <laughs> well, it's a family drama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, family yeah, drama yeah. in space. Yeah. <laughs> but here's yeah, the thing, because yeah. sorry, what you're gonna say? Even you know, if you want, you know, even the comics, the canons, they all revolve around Skywalker. Oh so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But now that we're not so, gonna interact with them as much anymore, I mean, at least for the for both you and I, I don't know. Would, would a non Skywalker story retain much of the same interest for us and and maybe for other people as well? What do you think? Yeah, I think. It can work because people are already familiar with the whole universe. Mm. You, know, you don't need to actually establish what Jedi is, what the Empire is, what the Force is, and so on and so forth. It's already established by uh, through these uh, movies that tell the story of the Skywalker. So, mm. you know, um, and I think if they created a new story arc but retain all this uh, Star Wars element in it. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's still going to work. But of course, you really cannot run away from the Skywalker's element. You know, take a look. Uh, you know, if you 
if you have to look at the Star Wars movie that doesn't that non-Skywalker Star Wars movie one, which is I think one of the uh, the I think it's quite successful. You know, it's a successful movie, but even though it doesn't really relate to the Skywalker the story arc, but still they they do they still have you know Skywalker story arc characters to sell that movie. Uh, many people actually say, you know, uh, they're going to watch that movie uh, again in the cinema just because of that that very scenes in the last act. Mm. So, yeah, so it's a, it really cannot get away from the Skywalker story arc. But but you, I think you can create a new story, but still retain that. Skywalker element in it, so that people would not feel it's not a Star Wars movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> because for me, yeah, I, I get what you're you talking about. Yeah. It's hard to watch a Star Wars movie that doesn't relate to Skywalker story arc. But The Mandalorian actually proves that you don't really need Skywalker story arc to make a good story. But again, it's a TV series. Mm. Right? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, we'll see how the chips fall, ladies and gentlemen, uh, because right now we are only speculating. Uh, hopefully, it's been an insightful and informed and, and an entertaining uh, form of speculation for those of you listening at home. Uh, but of course, uh, the truth will come out a lot later on. It will be in the pudding, and the pudding will be when... Whenever the Obi One series gets done, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Right? We'll just we'll just see whether whether it whether it even gets off the ground. I don't know. That's just it's it's such a long way for us to get to the end. Um, let, me, let me put this way, man. I think many people actually really look forward for the Obi One TV series because of why? You know, people just want to watch a Star Wars movie with proper lightsaber duel. You know, Maybe was, uh, for the last for the last three weeks, you know, it was a quite uh, underwhelming, uh, like saber duel, to say the least. So hopefully, I mean, I mean, I personally want to watch a kick ass like saber duel. I know Obi Wan and. Even McGregor, right? He's going to he's going to repress that role. He, to well, he's supposed to, but I mean, again, these are the kind of stuff that can always change things, get shifted around for all sorts of different reasons, including, of course, global pandemics and such. So, until then, well, if if you are still crying out for a good lightsaber duel, we'll just fire up episode one on Disney Plus, brother. <laughs> Oh, That's the stuff right there. <laughs> you want a lightsaber duel? Yeah. There you go. I'm big girl. <laughs> you know, it, you know that Disney Plus really make me hate. You know my DVD collections. You know, it takes years. You know, it takes really. You know, you just struggle to actually build up that DVD collection. So yeah, it does. <laughs> I, I know where you're coming from. I totally agree with you. Yeah. yeah. And now, so suddenly, we have the whole collection. Oh, screw it, man. <laughs> and on that note, 
<laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, we come to the end of our very special episode where we look at Star Wars from the past with Ezra recounting a trip to Tunisia. And for me, for Muz and I, uh, to, to talk about the potential for Star Wars in the future. Brother Moose, thank you very much. Appreciate your time and your effort. Uh-huh. All right. Thank you, brother. The the fourth uh, the force has certainly been with me throughout today. Uh, I'm about to book up Wasser in a short while. May the fourth be with you, brother Moose, and may the fourth be with you, our good listeners. Okay. Say goodbye, Moose. All right. Bye, everyone. All right. And it's stay a good. Safe, stay yes, indeed. Stay safe. Sir. Stay healthy. Wash your hands, and and all that jazz. Uh, and it's a goodbye from me as well. Take care, and see you uh, in our next episode. Bye. Everything is okay. I just want to play. Unplug for the day.